Hey folks, welcome to United We Stand, podcast for patriots. I'm your host, Mark Lovato, and I have my guest today is... Kitty Martone. Hi. What's happening, Kitty? Oh, I'm just celebrating this gorgeous weather in Los Angeles today. It's a summer day, and um, even though it's not quite summer yet, right? And um, guess what I can't do? I can't go to the beach. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Well, well, folks, we're going to get all into that. And I just wanted to say thank you for being here. This is uh, my very first podcast. And we're going to talk about why this was created and what we're doing here and what we attempt to uh, get out of this and what we attempt to give all of you. And my guest, Kitty Martone, we've been friends for a long time. We've known each other. We actually have uh, very uh, strong points of views and that we, we, we coincide on. We talk all the time. And I always keep saying, we got to make a podcast from this, right? We yeah. have these great conversations. Like we, we talk online and we do the app, Marco Polo. And I think we just take up so much bandwidth on there. I figured we just might as well do this online. Yeah, that's a great, it was a great idea. Well, I do want to say, first of all, that your guests should, should know that it, it's, you know, your skill and talent at producing these types of things that launched my podcast, Healthy Gut, uh, excuse me, Stuff Your Doctor Should Know. And that was five years ago. And I'm on my 150th podcast just about five years later. It's doing phenomenally. And I've always said, you need your own podcast because this subject matter that you are so passionate about, plus your expertise in the areas of producing such things, um, I think is just a good combo. So it's about time. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you to say that. I didn't even think of that <laughs> until you mentioned it. That's yeah. right. We started a podcast together and you're still, I no longer do it with you. However, you've asked me to come on a few times since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and have you? <laughs> I'm going to I'm have kidding. to now. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say no ever again. So yeah, <laughs> and I'm glad, I'm glad we're actually doing this together. So uh, as you can tell, United We Stand, Podcast of Patriots, is definitely a theme of being a patriot and a love for this country and the values it represents and what it was founded on. And you and I both agree that these are things we hold cherish. And I wanted to kind of start reading something that I thought that would be kind of like the starting point of my philosophy and where I'm coming from. Okay. I think you'll agree. You haven't heard this yet. And um, this is... Um, it's called The American's Creed. It was by uh, William Tyler Page, 1917. He was uh, U.S. House of Representatives. And it goes, I quote, I believe in the United States of America as a government of the people, by the people, for the people, whose just powers are derived from the consent of the governed, a democracy and a republic, a sovereign nation of many sovereign states, a perfect union, one and inseparable, established upon those principles of freedom equality, justice, and humanity for which every American patriot sacrificed their lives and fortunes. I therefore believe it is my duty to my country to love it, to support its constitution, to obey its laws, to respect its flag, and to defend it against all enemies, end quote. Beautiful. I love that. And that is why I'm doing this podcast, because that is what's being, I think, trampled on and destroyed and diminished in this country. And, um, and I think it's coming from something called an ideology that's a, not in addition to the virus that we have currently having, but an ideological one. Mm-hmm. And that is progressivism. It's this leftism that wants to destroy this country, dismantle mm-hmm. it, and destabilize it. And I'm done with that. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't sit around and not do anything about it anymore. 
Well said. Thank you. So um, I, I think that there was this time very recently where conservative philosophy, you automatically associate with an old, older, crusty, wealthy man, white right. man. Right. And the progressive was the liberal was, um, you know, the young altruist. And um, that's changed. You know, there is a whole, there's a new birth of people who are um, like us, who are, um, who have, uh, you know, kind of libertarian in a way where we have this, uh, we are progressively, or sorry, we're socially progressive but we're fiscally conservative, but we love our country and we really understand like the, the constitution, we understand history. And that I feel like is this group of people that's becoming a huge population right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like this big conservative movement. Um, I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, I, as you know, I embrace liberalism, but I also had moderate, uh, uh, libertarian leanings. Mm -hmm. Well, excuse me. I was I had libertarian leanings, but I did kind of embrace some of the liberal uh, aspects. And there was a big change that happened that got me to this area um, because I think for the longest time, like so many people, they just you listen to the media, and I I believed this idea of this is why this changed this idea that we take God out, and I just see how bad that is and mm -hmm. how horrible that can become and how destabilizing. And that changed as well, and I see the value in that. Um, so when, so did you grow up uh, believing in God? I grew up as a Catholic, but it was always something I just did out of just obligation because my family, you know, went to catechism and did the thing I was supposed to do. Didn't really understand it. It wasn't. Something. But do you feel like the belief in God in your family was part of your value system? The way that you, like you just said, you know, you think taking God out of country, out of the, out of the philosophy of America is a bad thing. But I'm assuming you had God even just as a sort of foundational belief yeah. system yeah. in the family. I would okay. say that yes. I would say as a foundation, it was there, and then I moved out to California after college. Uh, and then I certainly fell into the, um, I remember there was a time when, especially when Bush was in, when power, it was, there was this idea that all evangelicals, God is the enemy, that they are nothing but blind lemmings that just want war and they are destroying the country. And I kind of fell into that for some for a while, because I, I believed a lot of that hype that was going on at the time, the misinformation. Um, it's kind of when we met, I think. Right around that time, yes, right, mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. You know, that's that's part of the transition, absolutely. And then I started listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson and obviously Sam Harris. I love Sam Harris. He's a, he is an atheist, and his his points of view is very well spoken, and he's super smart and very astute man. Mm -hmm. However, Jordan Peterson kind of lays out like you can't. Uh, this is just so deep. These kind of um, uh, the meanings that go beyond just disbelief in God is uh, you start dismantling the very structures of our psychology. And when he started laying it out, and you just and I started looking at all the all the societies like he mentions that take God out are the most brutal to their people. It, it has the worst regimes on this planet that have taken that out of it. And you look at the, how our, the history of our country and how it was born, 
it came out of the, the great enlightenment. And the enlightenment was this belief in a God, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I mean, look, folks, this is not a religious podcast. Just, this was just one aspect of this that we just kind of got into. And, um, and it certainly changed my viewpoint, and especially with a lot of other stuff that's been coming out lately. That mm-hmm. I, I do see that this is a really – there is a big uh, battle between good and evil going on. Yeah, so I think this uh, progressive leftist ideology is, is sort of like a malicious software, and it's infecting the minds of the youth, academia, science, and it's like everything is inverted, mm-hmm. right? Truth is not truth. It's doublespeak. Um, and, and it seems so much more prevalent with this pandemic that you're seeing the true colors of what this ideology wants. And that's, I, that, that was the birth of this, like, okay, got to start talking about this and, and hashing this stuff out online. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that stressful times, traumatic times, either brings out the worst in people, you know, it, it brings out the worst and the best in people, right? And when you have a belief system or you don't have a belief system and you um, are put under severe pressure of, you know, like this pandemic, um, you, you, it, it, it magnifies the type of person that you are. It, it reveals your value system. Mm. It reveals how you treat people. Mm. It reveals how you, how you are under pressure, how you make decisions. It reveals um, how you treat yourself and the people that you love. And it reveals how you treat strangers. And, um, and I think that, I think that it's gone, you know, you're talking about the progressive liberal um, movement has gone extreme to the left. And I think that it can, it's like a pendulum, right? I think that the conservative right has had its moments of extreme um, extremities, you know, of extreme uh, ideology. And, and then it's like now this, this progressive left movement is going very extreme also. And, uh, it's just very telling, you know, it's like you want to know who you want, you want to learn how, what type of person someone is, you know, like I always say, travel with them. Like if you're in a new relationship and you want to know if you're going to make it, go on a trip together, put yourselves under pressure where you have to make decisions, where you have to be put into mm. a compromised situation. That's going to reveal who you really are. And this is revealing who the left really is. And it's fascinating because it's, um, it's not a pretty site. It's a very entitled, gimme, 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 hashtag live my truth. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 it's like, I think of um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with uh, oh. um, Veruca, not Veruca Salt, the other one, oh, you know, I she's like, I want a golden ticket and I want it now, daddy. Like, it's like all of a sudden they're just like little monsters, you know, at now. least the people I see. I love that. Now take that per- same person as an adult now as a politician running a state. <laughs> and, what, and what are you seeing being played out? Yeah, the same, the same. Gimme, gimme, gimme now. Power, you know, power. I, I just look at Gavin Newsom and he looks like a spoiled frat boy that's up there just, you know, the governor of California just, um, no, you will not. You guys will not go to the beach. And because you were bad, we're going to extend this quarantine two weeks longer and you will go to your room. And it's just this weird. Um, oh, sounds like Governor Whitmer of, of uh, Michigan. Yeah. And, what, and the governor of Oregon. Exactly the same thing. It's interesting. It's it's they for, have forgotten that they work for us. You know, they have forgotten that uh, 
that that pandemics pandemics don't um, don't negate our constitutional rights. They don't. They're forgetting this, or maybe they never knew. I don't know. You know, and to for their defense, obviously, and they can they want to be able to use this state of emergency, which a state does have. You know, and Barr talked about this that under certain circumstances, you can you know, not suspend your civil liberties, but certainly flex them a little bit because you have a public health issue. However, as we see the numbers coming down, the possibility that these numbers are being inflated and puffed up, uh, we've come over the curve and they're still playing their game. That's why you know this is not about the pandemic. This is about their initiating control and power. Now, I'd even go further in saying that this is, they just want to, they truly want to unseat Donald Trump as the president. Um, they definitely do, because I believe from evidence I've seen, his economy is there, is there, uh, is, is his Achilles heel, and that's where they're trying to get him on mm-hmm. and blaming everything on him. Uh, but yes, I think they're tyrants and they are authoritarian. You can't go to the beach. And I mean, I live here in Florida and golfing was still open. That never stopped. People could still golf. Um, and we're now in phase one of opening. And people are out and they want to go out. Go ahead. I just, I feel like there's no rational thought being had. Like, look, I, I understand in the beginning to issue this quarantine was important. And I get that. Um, but like you said, you know, the models were such that we were anticipating a lot more deaths. Now they should have done this per state to begin with. You know, New York has atrocious numbers for various reasons. One of them is because they don't get as much sunlight as a lot that time of year, you know, March and April. They didn't get in as much sunlight. They have public transportation, you know, compared to Los Angeles and Florida, they're on top of each other. Um, You know, it's rash. That's rational. That makes sense. So they should have been even more. He should have closed the subways down sooner. He should have, you know, there's all these things that they should have done that they didn't do as a city different from Los Angeles and different from Florida, from, you know, the cities in Florida and different from the UK, etc. But one thing that I know for certain about Los Angeles is that we had the LA Marathon March, I'll tell you right now. We had the LA Marathon, I believe it was like March 21st or some 22nd or something like that. They didn't officially shut, they didn't officially shut the, um, the city for two more weeks after the marathon. They had the LA Marathon when Disneyland was already closing, mm-hmm. when you know I had this uh, event to go to in Anaheim, they closed that. All these events were closing, but Mayor Garcetti insisted on having the LA Marathon with 25,000 sweating, barely clothed people, plus the spectators, sharing cups, doing all this stuff from all over the world, mind you, from Nigeria, from China, people from everywhere were coming for this event. And then they quarantined about a week later, but they didn't close the beaches or the hiking trails for, they didn't fully quarantine for another week. So you're gonna tell me that social distancing is what kept our numbers low? It's impossible, impossible. We should have astronomical numbers here of fatalities and we don't. That's because, right. I think that state has one of the lowest numbers of fatalities, mortalities. Yeah, that's right. Right. And so, and I don't think it's social distancing because we didn't social distance until it was already too late. 
So I think what was happening here is we have so much sunlight, we have healthier people here, people are more conscious and active and eating organic food, and we've got more farmers markets per capita than any place in the, you know, the United States practically. You know, there's just a healthier mindset here. People are into wellness and prevention, and that's being overlooked. And Gavin uh, Newsom is taking credit for the fact that he made us all social distance, and that's just BS. Yeah. I mean, there are doctors saying there is actually no data that supports that social distancing actually works. And the CDC said so themselves. Um, but they were saying there is absolutely none that says it actually works. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, it, it's like it's, it's being used just as a tool of repression. Yeah, you know, and and you know, you mentioned you mentioned about the uh, about building your immune system. It's something that some people have said. Why are they not talking about that? Because the antibody testings are showing that most people have had this already and, and got over it. Because that means it's telling you uh, most of the symptoms are mild. And get this, YouTube. Here's more. Here's more suppression. YouTube CEO came out publicly and said we're going to be banning videos that go against the narrative of the WHO. So anyone who's talking about vitamin C. You know, turmeric, gone. Are you kidding me? I know. It's I'm waiting any for any day now, you know, to for my my Facebook groups to be uh, to be banned or taken off. You know, I'm just I've, I always I always supply my newsletter information so that people can keep in touch with me in case they get rid of my estrogen dominance support group or my healthy gut girl page, which are all about alternative methods of healing. You know, and, and prevention. And uh, this stuff, you know, what's happening is I think that this, these, this overreach, this government overreach is making people like you and me who might otherwise keep our mouth shut and go about our business and do our, keep our side of the street clean and work hard and do our thing. We, it's making us rise up. It's setting a fire to people who wouldn't normally be out, be active about it. You know, there's so many. This is the, the nature of a conservative, right? This is people who kind of keep to themselves in some ways, and they're silent. They do their donating and their charities and their work, and they do all this stuff, and they don't go out there and say, "Hey, look what I did," right? They keep to themselves, and this is a lot of conservatives. Right. Well, until until government overreach happens. And what so they're push. doing now is they are building an army of resistance. And that is wh why this podcast was born, right? Yes, absolutely. And that and because the conservative voices are being suppressed on yep. every channel for the longest time, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, um, they're, all being, they're all doing it. They've, they've been in Congress and they've lied to Congress. And, and who, but who bought, who just bought Fox? Disney? Disney. So Disney no, well, just bought Fox. Well, Fox is, that's why Fox has been changing. Now I'm not, I never really watched Fox a lot. Yeah, I was a never a real fan. Right. But I have to admit, even Tucker Carlson's segments are actually pretty good. And, um, but even it's changing slowly. You can see it because I think the, there have been some criticism that they're starting to not, you know, that's the slow change from the inside. So, to me, it's always been about going to independent media, people that I trust, voices. You know, that's why I love the web, the internet, is you can get so much information from so many people. Mm -hmm. Granted, there's a lot out there, some you don't want to listen to. But, I mean, there's voices like Ben Shapiro I love to hear into. There's Epic Times, uh, The Federalist Paper. Uh, there's a lot of places you can get alternative media that people are just doing great journalism. 
you can understand a person by where they're coming from and their ideology. And you watch the mainstream media and it's just partisan, biased, half-truths, gotcha questions. There's, it's as plain as day. And I, I don't understand how that people can actually watch that. Well, what's, what's shocking to me is, yeah, how, how do people watch it? But don't they realize, like, I, this is where I get very confused. You know, I'm like, if, if somebody presented me with some very factual information to show me that something I believe in was incorrect, and I looked down the road on that and investigated it, I... I would have to then change my outlook. I would have to change my position. You know, you they're hanging on to these to these media stations, to these this media that's coming their way as if it were like the word of God, you know, there, there's no thought that goes into, and you hear people parroting this information. You hear them like robots. When you bring something up on Facebook or you have a discussion with someone, they start to repeat these things that they hear mm. like robots. There is no in-depth investigation that they've done because you have to now, you have to read further. You know, you have to um, look for uh, news that, that, that is not opinionated, real journalism, you know? Exactly. It's one of the reasons why I started watching m m the press conferences myself mm -hmm. and, and most of it all the way through. And then you go and watch how the mainstream media reported it. And if you're against Trump, you probably like it. You'd be okay with it. But if you're for Trump or unbiased about it, you, all you have to do is just go, wait a second. They just took what he said manipulated it, took a half-truth, and blew it out of proportion. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, it's a, they're very good at it. They're, they're very, very good, good at it. Absolutely. Well, Trump said this. Well, he did say this. However, you didn't finish what else he said about it. Yeah. And, and I hear it a lot. You know, I mean, both of us can say that we were never Trump fans. And, uh, that's and true. now, that's true. yeah. And, you know, I was not at all, at all, at all. And uh, it was at the very, very, very last second that I ended up voting for him. And it was purely because my girlfriend convinced me that he was the third party candidate that I wanted so badly. She convinced me that that's exactly what he was, but he just happened to be running as a demo, as a, um, a Republican. So, but other, otherwise it was hard for me because I didn't know if he was going to be at war. And that was my big problem. You know, I'm a huge Ron Paul fan and I just did not want to be at war. And I didn't want to vote for a president that would lie to us like Obama and then turn around. And then all of a sudden our, you know, we have more soldiers out and we've got, you know, more boots on the ground as they say. And we're having, now we're having drone wars or drone uh, attacks and all kinds of stuff that's being done and it's not even making the front page. Right, and he got that, the Nobel Peace Prize too. Right, right, for yeah. bombing, yeah. So I just did not want to vote for Trump mm. thinking, oh my God, this is gonna happen, and then I'm gonna really regret my vote. So um, I'm still, I'm still um, happy with my vote, but uh, that could change. So I'm, I'm very nonpartisan. I'm ready to hear what is, you know, I'm, I want, I'm a truth seeker. That's what I am, you know. But when I hear even just like my neighbors or I hear, you know, a friend, like you said, you know, they just say one part or even my, my family, they'll say, oh my God, did you hear what Trump said about this? I'm like, okay. And then I've got to explain to them or send them a link that shows the rest of the story. And that is too bad because the majority of people hear that stuff, you know? 
I'm glad you brought that up because that's really interesting about both of us did not come here as pro-Trump supporters, no. And that's, I think, what makes, I think, this podcast a lot more interesting. We were not both supporters for him. Actually, I didn't like him at all. Yeah, the concept I, was horrible. <laughs> I, I fell in, I fell into like, oh man, this guy's brash. Now, I knew some of the things he said during the campaign were pretty close to some of the things I agreed with. And it was, uh, it was a vote that, yeah, it was a vote that, oh, man, I didn't want to vote for this guy, but I didn't want her because she was horrible. And what she represented, which just was an extension of what Obama was doing. And it was like the third party candidate, which I was for too, Ron Paul, but he wasn't running. And our third party candidate at the time was not very good. Mm-hmm. I forget who his name was. Um, no, it was Jill Stein, wasn't it? It was Jill Stein and the other guy. Um, mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. But he kind of screwed up when someone asked him about, what would you do with, um, uh, I think he said they asked him about, uh, I can't remember. But the, the point of the story is, is that this, so this podcast is not with people who are just like full on Trump supporters, is that we came to, uh, we had to take a step back. And that's what right. it was. I started kind of, the media was just all against them, all against them, Russia collusion, everything. And then I just, I'm like, why are they so just, criticizing this guy and then i just started looking at what he was doing i go well i'm liking what he's doing and then i started researching him even further okay what are these executive orders he's signing wait a second i have business people saying he's doing he's getting rid of regulations that are just crippling to businesses and these are things that you know reducing regulation making government government smaller that's in line with libertarianism mm-hmm. um and republicans you know they want less government too yeah, the a, a a real Republican wants less government, you know. Yes, you want to, and he wants to bring business back here, and he wanted to go against China, and that where when he started doing that, he was like, okay, this has he he has me because we shouldn't have been doing business with a communist country that has the worst human rights record ever. I and know, isn't that an irony and a a, a total hypo, hip hip like it's completely hypocrisy that that we've been doing that, you know. And that everyone's been okay with it. But, um, you know, that's a whole separate podcast in itself that I'd like to talk about with how to wean off of Chinese, uh, off of China. Um, Get, you know, stop sucking off the teat of, of the Chinese economy. One of the things that really just... You know, I've, I, I voted, or prior to voting, right, I started to get really keen on what the DNC was doing. That's when Julian Assange released the emails, mm-hmm. and I started to read them. And I started to actually look at Hillary Clinton in a different light. Correct. And I started to, like, sit in shock some days reading these emails, like, what... Is this really, did this, I mean, everything, everything that went on before that and then rigging the DNC against Bernie Sanders and then um, Elizabeth, uh, was it uh, Debbie Wasserman Wasserman Mm -hmm. Schultz? She gets fired for being the main person that was rigging the DNC against Bernie Sanders and then not two weeks later gets rehired by Hillary Clinton for another job. So that told me, and nobody seemed to give a crap about that. No one seemed to make a big deal about that. And I was like, even, even Donna Brazil's book makes a big deal out of that. Even she talks about it in her book. And I was like, you know, this isn't right. What's going on here? And that's when I really started to favor Trump because I knew they were desperate to not get him in there. And that made me feel like, why? 
Is it because he's going to be amazing? <laughs> you know, like why, why are they doing, going to such lengths to get Hillary in office? And I started to, um, to favor Trump. And then all the executive orders and, you know, everything started happening. I was like, okay, I see how this is. He's just the dark horse. Correct. Yeah. He's the third party candidate. And I like the way you said that when you said that one day, I was like, that's right. He is. Mm -hmm. He is a Republican, but he's not a Republican like George Bush Republican who no. sold us out. He is a third party and you can't run third party under a libertarian and win, you really have to kind of play the Yeah, because the it's a two-party two party system. system that everybody buys into. Here's another thing that I think is crazy. I think that, you know, people, I get so frustrated when I hear somebody say, a vote for Bush is a vote, or, you know, vote for, yes. a vote for Nader was a vote for Bush. A vote for Bernie is a vote for Trump. A vote, and, you know, um, I, you know, they'd rather vote for, I don't know, whoever, um, they, it's like you have to vote for the lesser of the two evils. And to me, that is not how this country was built. It was built on a firm, firm uh, value system of voting for the person who you want to be elected, the person who, and if you don't have that person up there, don't vote. Like that was very clear in the eyes of the people who decided that we were going to have this opportunity to vote at all was like, look, vote for the candidate who you think is best, who you, who represents your values best. And people don't do that. And they've been, and they, and then corporate backing in the in the campaigns, and all this money came into campaigns, and then it turned into this show where Jay Z and Beyonce are on stage for the DNC, and you know, all of a sudden, there's so much money and celebrity status supporting these candidates that. You know, like I love that meme where they talk about, you know, the, the candidates should wear like racing jackets that have all their sponsor patches on them. This is disgusting. This is disgusting and it drives me crazy. And I used to write in Ron Paul in my ballots because it was, it was like, I, I refuse. And people are like, oh, great. Well, you're voting for the other person then. And that's it's your fault. The blood's on your hands. Yeah. Well, and that, well, that mantra by, you know, a vote for natives, a vote for, you know, Bush. Uh, Bush came out of the DNC, came out of the establishment because they, they, it, was, it was propaganda information to get you not to vote that way, to keep mm -hmm. themselves in power. Um, and I think that's kind of one thing why I like Trump going this way. Like you said, like he, he really can't be bought because yeah. he already went in with money. Exactly. He already had his own money. And look, and let me, let me clarify this for everyone listening. I'm not saying Trump is perfect. I'm not saying he is the godsend. I, I trust me. I watch some of the things he says. I'm like, don't say that. Don't say that, please. Ah, man. Just, he said you know, it. <laughs> he said it. You know, he's not. He, he's not the smooth talking, eloquent man that Obama was, who spoke. Who? Because I fell into the hypnosis Obama of Obama too, because he was well spoken. But Trump is not that guy. And yeah, he probably probably he gets himself in. You know, he puts himself in trouble a little bit. You know what? When you look at what he does, he's probably the best policy president I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, just just let you know, we were both not we're not like he's the he's he's the uh, you know the second coming, but man, as a as a as a president, where this country needs to go, yes, this is the guy you want because now you see that what his what they everything they they're putting on him is everything they're doing, mm -hmm. right? They wanted to get him out for uh, quid pro quo. The quid pro quo that they were doing, 
that uh, that that Obama was already. I mean, that Biden was doing. Y- are you kidding me? They wanted to get out. Uh, the wiretapping, the wiretapping uh, that they were doing. That they were doing. Everything that they pointed to him at, you finding out it's the opposite. They're just pointing. They just blame what to him what actually they're responsible for, mm-hmm. and. And it just got so frustrating to watch that. So, um, yeah, I'm happy with a third party candidate, and this is this is why we have it because we we finally got enough of it and said, that's it, we can't take it anymore. And and right. I think the Republican Party was uh, on its you know it was severely anemic and on its last leg, and it needed um, a revamping. It needed somebody to come in and kick the doors down and say, "This is I'm the face of the new Republican Party, and if you don't like it, too bad because the people are going to vote for me." And that's what happened. And the, the the Democrats need something similar. I thought Bernie was going to be it. You know, he somebody needed to come in, knock the doors down of the Democratic Party, and restructure it and and become the new face of it because they are hurting. They are desperate. They are criminal. They are doing things that are, um, I mean, something you would see, you would hear about in a third world country of you know, almost coups and things like this. Like it's just of a magnitude that I never thought that this country would be capable of. You know, and um, yeah, didn't the DNC kind of do it again to Bernie? Just. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what they did this time, but they did something. And we know that Bernie, um, you know, uh, is, a, is a spineless lapdog. And in that regard, I'm okay with Bernie not being the nominee. However, now they just want to push, uh, I'm sorry, Dementia Joe up there, man. And So I'm is- curious about that. You know, we've talked about this before, yeah. and I have my theory, which I think that he won't make it very far. Um, I think uh, Megyn Kelly had Tara Reid today on, a, on an interview, and I, I don't know about today, but I saw it on Twitter today. And she was... Boy, she was strong and and convicted, and she was she's ready. She's ready to fight, and and I think that she's going to take. Tara Reid. Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't see yep. that. Yeah, she was great. He she, they he asked her. They they compared her to Blazy Ford and asked her. You know, you you weren't under oath. Uh, would you would you testify under oath? She's like absolutely. You know, would you? Um, she. Uh, she said she had a couple of really good questions. And the final question was, would you submit to a polygraph test? And she said, I'm not the criminal, but if he will, I will. And I thought that was an amazing answer nice. as well. So she's just, you know, I don't know how far he's going to get, which makes me, and they must know that. So I just feel like they've got something up their sleeve as usual. They're going to do something desperate. I don't know how they're going to continue to use this, um, this pandemic, how they're going to continue to use this struggling economy that everybody's just, I mean, everyone is hating on the blue states right now because these governors are not wanting to open. And they're, you know, I just heard today that Newsom is, is the last phase of opening um, will be churches, you know, and uh, I just, I don't know. I just think, I don't understand how you sent me that thing about all of those, or did you send that to me? Oh, the, the protests? No, I've no. got to. Um, someone else sent this to me. It's right here. Okay, Walmart has one million five hundred thousand employees, 
Amazon, 750,000 employees. Kroger, 500,000 employees. Target, 350,000 employees. Costco, 214,000 employees. 3,314,000 total employees combined. All of these companies have not had any reported cases in the news, yet Every employee in these companies encounters thousands of people a day. None of these companies have closed their stores. However, all of a sudden, all the meatpacking plants are closing and small businesses are still not allowed to open. None of this makes any sense at all. I loved that post. And then you listen to doctors that are saying the same thing. None of this makes sense. None of it, that all these lockdown orders, none of it that they're being told to put down everything is COVID. Well, there's, we find out there's money involved in it, that they're getting more money for it. Yes, this is being, this is being pushed. This is being promoted um, for the sake of, I think, only they, one, they want total control, and two, they want to take down the president. That's what this is about. And, um, and we are patriots and not going to stand for it. And I think, I think what I said earlier and the reason you started this podcast, I think, is really relevant, which is that we're, we're, there is this movement and it's bubbling up and we people are waking up to this. People have a very bad feeling about this pandemic. They know something's not right. People are, they know with everything we're seeing on social media with these doctors that are being shut down and blackballed and we are starting, there is this movement and you can't stop it. And we're starting to understand and we're starting to take action. And I think that's super exciting. We'll see yes, where it goes. I agree. And I think, uh, I think on closing, do you want to keep going? Um, no, I thought that was good. I can't wait to talk about all the things. I want to talk about the China thing and how we can all start to wean ourselves off of Chinese products. I want to talk about your knowledge about the Q movement. Uh, I want to talk about... Um, uh, so much more, so much more. Yeah, I think uh, I think on closing here, I think I kind of can be a little, I wouldn't say extreme, but maybe um, hyperbolic or a little dramatic. But I think we are under attack. And I don't think it's, it's not with bombs and missiles and bullets. Uh, it's with ideology. And it's with the control of, of this ideology that they want to just take down progressivism, leftism, call it what you want, Marxist ideology, because what the these, the people in control, bless you, I see you over there trying to sneeze. Um, what I'm seeing from these governors that run these states, they're doing nothing but exercise their authority over the civil liberties of other people. And that, mm -hmm. and not even listening to their constituents, not listening to the science that's saying, well, we flattened the curve. Mm -hmm. um, why are we not, well, and the hospitals aren't overrun. We have the ability to handle it now. Why are you still doing what you're doing? It's because they are following what history has thus shown, people in power and control. And I think that's where patriots now, we have to kind of stand up and come together. And I hope this podcast finds people out there feeling the same way. Like, God, I want, I want who is out there? There's a lot of us out there. We're on there. Yes, a lot of us are getting censored. I think podcasts have the ability to not get censored just yet. Um, I know YouTube People's voices get censored. I'm going to try to put these videos up there, see how long they last. Uh, Facebook, don't even try on Facebook. I, I was mm -hmm. going to send you stuff today about how all these people are getting, are just being censored and thrown off right away. Yeah. So yeah. I'm all for free market economy. 
I'm for a limited government. I'm for the Bill of Rights. I'm for the Declaration of Independence or what that stands for. I'm for the Constitution and our right to bear arms and free speech. We have to protect that. Next time, maybe I'll be more of the devil's advocate with you and uh, and, and ask you questions that, uh, you know, that I think that some people might, maybe who are on the fence but still feel like... Um, They've got some concerns about some of the things that you might have said, and they want to just, you know, question it. So next time. I agree with that, because sometimes I can go a little off and start laying. Both of us. We're just yeah. like, you know, preaching to the choir. Right, right, right. We'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll hone in and get specific, but thank yeah, you. Yeah, but this was good. It's a great general one. I love it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you soon.